Let us pray. Again, our God, we come before You and thank You for Your Word. Pray that You would bless us to understand it, know it, hide it in our hearts, bless it to work effectually in our lives to Your honor and to Your glory. We need You every hour. And we know that without You, we can do nothing. So we come to Thee imploring Thy divine mercies And pray that you would strengthen us for the work that you've called us to do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Coming back to 1 John 3, the next uh, section that uh, I have here for our third chapter are verses 11 through 18. I have designated this section Biblical Love, though John does address love throughout this epistle. Uh, Here he kindly, uh, it seems to me, uh, focuses upon it Uh, in a more uh, acute way. So I'm going to read these verses, starting in verse 11 and going through verse 18. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain who was of that wicked one and slew his brother and wherefore slew him because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Ye know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good... And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Love 
is talked about by the world, by scholars of all sorts, by all kinds of religions, and yet, sad to say, for the most part, people think of love as a feeling first above all things else. They evaluate love by their emotions But when the going gets rough, love is thrown out the window. We've said it many times before and probably we'll say it a few more times going through this epistle. For the most part, love is a verb. It can also and is also a noun, but it's spoken of more as a verb than it is a noun, which means it is a word of action, not a word of feeling first. Feeling is involved in love, particularly when action has been properly exhibited. But John brings it back to our attention that we are to love one another. This is the message or announcement or commandment that we have from God. Love is a commandment. We are commanded to love one another. But it is likely that as they grew, that is with... uh, Well, no, I'm getting ahead of myself here. While it is not in the imperative mood, that is, love one another, from previous studies we know that it is a commandment and it is not an option. God commanded us to love each other. The Gospel of John Chapter 13, we find this explicitly stated in verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And then in John chapter 16, Verse beginning in verse 12, 
I have many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive mine, and shall show it unto you. Well, I thought uh, I thought I must have the wrong uh, John. Let's look in John fifteen, not sixteen. John fifteen. This in verse twelve. John fifteen, verse twelve. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another." So not only in John's epistle, but in his gospel, we find that we are to love one another, and it is a commandment. It's a commandment, which means that it can be done. It can be done when... Two people that are married and one of them says to the other, well, I don't love you anymore. They can learn to love. They can learn to love. How do we know this? Look in, uh, in the book of Titus. In Titus chapter 2, verse 3, the aged women, likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. If older women can teach younger women to love their husbands and love their children, then love can be learned. You can learn to love. Our Lord told us to love our enemies, to love our neighbors. And when two people are living together as husband and wife, they don't have a closer neighbor than their spouse. And if they're at odds with each other, 
then they're required to love their enemies. And so, you know, you, uh, there's not a, a way out for it. But it is sad, it is sad that this world has taken up with this concept of love, which is their concept of emotions and feelings and likes and dislikes, that they just cast it aside as if it is nothing. But we're to love not like Cain. Notice that. You don't hear people talking about love with regard to Cain very much, do you? But it says that we should love one another not as Cain. Think about that. We're not to love like Cain loved. Now, how old was Cain when he killed Abel? We don't know. But I would venture to say that when Cain and Abel were little boys, that they enjoyed each other's company. I would think they played together. Like I said, I would think that they enjoyed each other's company. They had many hours, I would assume, many happy hours playing. I don't know what they would have played. Uh, I don't think it would have been cops and robbers because they were the only two children around. <clears throat> but whatever they whatever they did they were in each other's company and like I said uh, I would uh, believe that they enjoyed each other's company Cain had some kind of love for his brother because it didn't say that we should love one another But Cain didn't love at all. It said we're to love one another not as Cain. Now, like I said, I'm not prepared to say what all or how much because the Scripture doesn't say. But notice in Genesis chapter 4, Verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. 
And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. But they talked with each other. That's what I'm wanting to uh, bring about. They talked with each other. They talked with each other when they were in the field working. You don't get the idea that Cain hated his brother all of his life. You don't find that in Scripture. It got to the point... Well, while we're here in chapter 4, let's just read a little of the history here. Starting verse 1, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why are you mad? Why are you angry? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt, uh, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Now, why did Cain kill Abel? 1 John chapter 3, verse 12 tells us. And wherefore slew him? In other words, why is it that Cain killed Abel? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. The only reason that Cain, according to this verse, killed Abel is because Abel did that which was right and Cain did that which was wrong. It wasn't because Abel did anything to Cain.
But when it got down to either pleasing God or not, it separated the two. Cain had an outward form of love to some degree. Like I said, no doubt as boys, they played together and so on. But his love was not genuine love. His works were wicked works. Paneros is this word for wicked. What do we hear? This idea of Paneros is hurtful, evil. It refers to essential character, worthless, rotten, which indicates degeneracy from original virtue, figuratively calamitous. It's translated in many ways and used uh, uh, some 70 some odd times, but let's look at a few places where this word is used. Matthew 5.11 is the first place. Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. In other words, people lie about you. Lie about you. Matthew 13, chapter 13. Verse 19, talking about the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside, but the wicked one there. And then drop down in verse 38. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Ephesians chapter 6. 
Verse 16. Above all, th- above, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, or the wicked one. First John 2, verse 13. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, you, you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Verse 14. I have written unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the Word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. And then in 1 John chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And ye know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. This is this word talking about Cain, whose works were wicked. His own works were wicked. He was of that wicked one. His works were evil. His works were evil. And so we see that Cain was of, he was out of, that wicked one. John chapter 8. Listen to this. John eight forty three and forty four. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Cain had a love, but it was a wicked one. His actions were wicked. His actions were wicked. And we are not to be like Cain. We are not to allow wickedness to take over. regardless of how we are treated. And that's not always easy. 
That's not always easy. When you're being maligned, lies are told about you, not just insinuations, but straight up and down falsehoods. And when a person is that away, there's really nothing you can do to answer them. You know, we don't have the power that Christ had when sometimes He would say things and shut up His enemies. Most of the time when we try to shut up our enemies, it only makes matters worse. And sometimes the only thing you can do is just sit there and keep your mouth shut. And pray that God keeps you from opening your mouth foolishly. I've had people to malign me, uh, say some pretty harsh things to me, but I haven't had anybody to try to kill me yet. I pray that I don't. I'm not asking for it. But if I am called upon to give my life for the cause of Christ, I pray that God would give me grace to do it as Abel did. But we are commanded to love. I don't believe that that necessarily means that at each and every time that we're uh, to lay down and let people wipe their feet upon us. For example, if I had someone that was coming to harm my family or something of that nature, then I believe it would be my job to resist evil and to stop them. I don't believe, like uh, I read one man saying, that if someone was molesting his wife, he should just sit back and leave it in God's hand. No, if I, uh, someone were molesting my wife, they'd have to go through me to... Uh, for that to happen. And I believe that's part of Timothy where it said, if a man provide not for his own household, he's denied the faith and worse than an infidel. 
Providing for your household is more than just food and clothing. It's protection too. If a bear was breaking in the house to harm me or my family, I'm going to shoot that bear. And I'm going to do that with uh, any individual. But I pray I never have to do that. I don't want to do that. Uh, that'd be a mighty, mighty traumatic uh, thing to have to endure. But we are given the example that we're to love one another, but we're not to love like Cain. Our love is to be pure, undefiled. Be good and not evil. Cain's works were bad. This is a different word. It's not the word for wicked, but it's bad. In other words, evil, bad, in verse 12, the kakas, Man, the evil man, is willing to perish in his own corruption. But the wicked one, the Peneros, the pernicious person, seeks to drag everyone else down with himself into the corruption and destruction that waits him. The wicked one not only is to be destroyed, but he's tried to bring everybody else down. The bad person, all he cared about, just his own self. He's willing to just perish in his own corruption. He's not interested necessarily in dragging everybody else down. But we're told that Cain was of that wicked one. He was out of that wicked one, if you please. In his works, his sacrifice, he sacrificed. He gave offerings of the ground, but he gave an offering. You say, well... The the bad part about it is that, that he offered the fruit of the ground and he didn't kill a blood sacrifice. Well, God had provisions for the fruit of the ground. There was sacrifice of wheat and barley. There were other there was sacrifice for uh, the crops. But did you notice in Genesis 4 that it said over there that it didn't say God 
didn't have respect unto Cain because of what he offered. But it said God did not have respect unto Cain and his offering. It wasn't what God, what Cain offered. It was the fact that Cain had a wicked heart. You remember the proverb, the prayer of the wicked is an abomination to God. The sacrifice of the wicked are an abomination to God. The problem is the heart. The problem was Cain's heart, not what he offered. I've seen a lot of posts on social media these days when it talks about uh, gun control and all of that and how that uh, when Cain killed Abel with a rock, it wasn't the rock's fault, it was uh, Cain's fault. And that was true, that it was Cain's fault. But it doesn't say that Cain used a rock. My point is, we don't know how Cain killed Abel. But the word slew, where it says Cain slew his brother. This word slew is a primary verb that means to butcher, especially an animal for food or in sacrifice, or generally to slaughter, to maim. And according to one commentator, it was to slaughter or to butcher by cutting the throat. Now that's the, the meaning of the word slew. Also, it, this word for slew was used in classical Greek of slaughtering victims for sacrifice by cutting the throat also of animals tearing by the throat, of any slaughter by knife or sword. It is used in the Septuagint of slaying of the Levitical sacrifices, the usual word meaning to kill. The inspired writer goes out of his way to use a specialized word to describe the murder of Cain by Abel. Now we cannot say that he cut Abel's throat or butchered Abel, but that's the word that is normally used for such a practice. Uh, it was a horrible thing that Cain did, however he did it. And why is it that Cain did it? Because his works were evil. Why is it that people hate Christians? Because their works are evil. Not the Christians' works are evil, but the people's works are evil. 
And the reason Cain's works were evil is because he had a wicked or evil heart. As we said before, and you can look in Proverbs 15, 8 and 21, 27. I'm not going to turn and read those. I've already quoted the gist of them. And that is that the prayer of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the, prayer of the wicked is an abomination and the sacrifices of, of the wicked are abomination. Again, we say it is not what Cain offered. That made it wicked. It was his wicked heart. Cain did not offer by faith. Abel did. Hebrews 11.4 Abel, what he offered was by faith. Was by faith. His own works, Cain's own works, were evil, and his brothers righteous. Marvel not, my brethren if the world hate you. You should not be surprised that the world hates you. I want to discuss that a little bit more, the Lord willing, the next time. I've got several passages here about the hatred of the world and we do not have time to go through all of those today. But it's real. It's real. May God... Bless us to live in a land where we still have somewhat liberty in worshiping God. What we've had in America for the past 200 years or so overall is a new thing in the history of the world. That is the freedom of religion. How long we'll have that, only God knows. We do know that the nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell, and this nation has forgotten God. Let's pray.
Oh, our God, we ask for your divine protection. We pray not only as a congregation, but as individuals, that you would put a hedge about us and protect us from all evil. Grant us to live in a way that is honoring unto you. Bless us to live out our lives in peace. Oh, the turmoil, the anguish, the devastation of hatredness and wickedness and a murderous heart and spirit. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in His name we pray. Amen.